Hey, my name is Michael Rosso, and this is the Film Photography Podcast. It's the internet radio show for people who love to shoot with traditional film. And this episode, 127, I'm getting ready to call the gang in, uh, Leslie Lazenby and Matt Mirage. But I ran in... I was in the hallway. I was like, "Oh my God, it's Henry Kudo. I know. I was just. I was just there. Why were you there? I. Uh, I was uh, going to commit some larceny. <laughs> so, you were. In, you were in Studio B. I was in Studio B. I was hanging out in Studio B, drilling holes in the wall so I could peek in and see what you guys were doing in here. That's right. Well, thank you for oh. stopping in. Oh, my pleasure. So I just asked Henrik, before we get started, just to sit in, uh, because you were on the show a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Really quick, I just wanted to get some news to you folks before we start the actual show. News about Super, Super 8. 8. Yeah, Super 8 film. Super 8 film, which is something I really love. Well, Mike, you shot a, you shot a feature on Super 8 millimeter film. I did. In 1989, I shot a feature film, a horror anthology film called... The basement, the basement on Super 8 film. It's the craziest thing I've probably ever done in my entire life, shooting a you know, feature-length project on small-gauge film, Super 8. Glad you brought that up because I have some news regarding The Basement, too. Ooh. Uh, let's see if I have the news here. The Basement, this film that I shot in 1989, it's going to be, at, it's going to be playing in Texas. Oh, yeah. Everything's bigger in Texas. Yeah, Even 8mm film. Yeehaw. As a matter of fact, I'm told that the film, the 8mm film, once it gets to Texas, it becomes 16mm. Really? Is that true? I doubt that that's true. It says, two, there are two upcoming theatrical screenings. Each, each says right here, I'm reading off a piece of paper. Each screening will be introduced by producer and cinematographer Michael Rosso. That's me. That's you. Yeah, that's me. I helped produce the film. I finished the film. Yes. Because uh, it was made in 89. It sat on a shelf for a few years. Then it was handed to me in a box in 1991. By Thought to be unusable. Terrible blow, folks, back in 1989 because I shot the film. And what we did was... It's sort of like if you're out shooting your film photography. Let's say you're on a shoot, and let's say you shoot 20 rolls of film, but you never get it developed. You just keep shooting, shooting. Let's say you're on vacation for three weeks. You just shoot, 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 shoot. I wish I was on vacation for three weeks. Yeah, me too. Shoot, 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 and you don't process anything, and then you get everything back, and it's all just black. (laughs) Yeah. But thankfully, technology has gotten to a point now where you could have the footage telecinate and have a lot of the image brought back. Yes, so that's why Basement got finished that's right. many years later. It was shot on color transparency film, Kodak Ektachrome and Kodak Kodachrome, which yields a positive images. It's like shooting color slide film. You may know that if you shoot color slide film and you underexpose it, that's very difficult to get, a, to, you know, to get an image out of uh, an underexposed uh, color positive. Um, the film was unusable back in 89. It was stored for a few years. Then the director, a friend of mine, I went to, Tim O'Raw, I went to college with him. In 1991, he moved to Los Angeles, and he handed me the box of film and said, and this is exactly what he said. Good luck, Mike. And that was it. Well, all right. And then that film sat since 1991, my various closets, storage bins, apartments, homes. Let's travel with me my whole life. And then in 2010, uh, thanks to Joe Kolbeck, uh, super FPP listeners will know Joe, Joey K. He's been on the show. What show? I used to live with Joe K. Joey oh, K. Wow, this is <laughs> just the, Henry Kudo used to live used across to live. the street from the FPP studio with Joe K. Uh, it's true. We used to, we shared an apartment, a flop house. A flop house. <laughs> they did. In 2010, 
I digitally transferred the Super 8 film uh, to a video format and Joe K edited and completely remixed the sound from yeah. scratch. But anyhow, so this movie, this feature film, this horror anthology is screening in, in Texas. On, uh, the first screening is on July 28th, 2015 at the Alamo Draft House, Ritz location in Austin, Texas. I will be there. And then the second screening will be at the Aviation Cinemas in Dallas, Texas on July 30th, 2015. I will be there. Now, to tie it all in, because this is like a, there's a thread here, like the basement, Joe, Joey K, Joey K roomed with Henrik, who's sitting here. <laughs> Back to Henrik, to Joey K, to the basement. The basement, the film, the, film, the basement that I shot with the Chinon Super 8 camera is the one and the same camera that shot the J.R. Bookwalter film, Relative of Leslie Lazenby. See the thread here? (laughs) The J.R. Bookwalter film, The Dead Next Door, a horror film shot between 1986 and 1988. That sounds about right. Yes. And it was shot on, yes, of course, Super 8 in the camera that I shot the basement with, except J.R. shot with the camera properly. Well, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, folks, I've said this before on the podcast. When he gave me the camera to shoot my movie, he said, Oh, by the way, make sure you put the, the uh, exposure on auto. I was like, Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had my Gossam Luna Pro light meter. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, thanks. Thanks for your yeah. advice. Yeah, thanks, Ohio boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm from New Jersey. I can say it because I'm from Ohio. That's so right. I can make the joke. It's like, Yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> Great. I shot the entire movie on manual. At a manual exposure, and I effed most of it up. <laughs> Fair enough. So, <laughs> but the, you can now get the Dead Next Door. Um, they're they're crowdfunding on Indiegogo right now to raise money to make the definitive Dead Next Door, uh, which will have it digitally remastered, um, and there'll be both a sixteen by nine widescreen 1080p version as well as a matted four by three in the original aspect ratio. Right. Uh, there's even more. I'm probably forgetting. I'm just. Uh, I just remember that off the top of my head. Well, this is actually the 25th anniversary of The Dead Next Door. Three discs. You get a Blu-ray, a DVD, and a CD. A 2K film scan restoration. As you just said, first time in 16x9, 1080p. Includes four versions total, loaded with extras. Only 1,000 units. Ships fall of 2015. And you can go to the Google. The Google. And just type in, this is exactly what I did. Just type in The Dead Next Door. Indiegogo, and it'll bring you right to the page. Take you right there. There's only a few days left. So if you're kind of interested in Super 8, and if you want to see who has the audacity <laughs> to shoot a feature film on Super 8 and what it looks like, and the reason I'm talking about this is because I'm totally sold, because I went to the Indiegogo site, and J.R. Bookwalter, the, the producer-director, has a new trailer up on there. And I could not believe the quality of the Super 8 film. I've never seen uh, Super 8 film uh, transferred in 2K before. <laughs> so, hey, that, we're going to get the show started in a few minutes. I just want to let, let you guys know, this is the year of color slide film, the year of Super 8. It's all merging together. This is a perfect merge. It's Super 8 and it's color slide film <laughs> that was shot. You know, it's Kodak Ektachrome. Like, how awesome is that? On the gauge called Super 8, Indiegogo, The Dead Next Door, Give JR a hand uh, with this endeavor. It's, as far as I'm concerned, well well worth it. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll, Henry will be gone. We'll vanish into air. Gone forever. 
and uh, we'll be back with the re- you know with the regular gang. Hello, everybody. My name is Michael Rosso, and this is the Film Photography Podcast, the internet radio show for people who love to shoot traditional film. I'm here in the studio today with Matt Mirage. Hey, how's it going, guys? Leslie Lazenby. Hello, everyone. And this is a very special show. This is our, our color slide show, uh, an episode where we're going to talk about color slide film, also known as E6 film, because it's process E6 E6 to uh, make a color transparency, mm-hmm. which is a positive piece mm-hmm. of film that you could hold up to light and it's beautiful. And we're going to devote some time today talking about that. We'll have a book of the month and some other stuff. But speaking of slide film, we're going to open up with a letter from our good friend Joe Salanus. He says, after his last name, he says, It's Lithuanian. <laughs> uh, Joe is on Flickr. Uh, Flickr name Joe Salanus. Hey gang, I was listening to your latest podcast and you talked for a bit about slide films. Mm-hmm. Someone brought up slide shows themselves and how no one seems to mount slides anymore. I never actually shot slide film, but my father used to work for an ad agency where his job was literally to make business slide shows. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. a la PowerPoint, but think this is yes. before PowerPoint existed. So PowerPoint is essentially a, a business slideshow, you know, dig. Yep. Yes. I recently discovered his catalog of graphs and data for random companies back in the 80s, and it seemed like slides were all mounted in these nifty little plastic mounts mm-hmm. that could fold open and the slides could be taken out and replaced. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys talk about these mounts, but they certainly seem pretty easy to use. There's just a matter of cutting the film strips into individual images. Is there anything more to adding new slides to these mounts than just popping it open and slapping it in? That's it. That's it. Anyhow, mm-hmm. keep up the good shows. Joe, P.S. I, I can also be found at Tumblr at Joe's Bronges. That's J-O-E-S-B-R-O-N-G-L-E-S dot Tumblr.com. And on Instagram, under the hashtag, hashtag Brongle. That's B-R-O-N-G-L-E. I made up the word Brongle to tag my photos so people could find them easily on Instagram and the like. Very nice. Thank you, Joe. You know, as a note on the mounting before we actually get into E6. Yes. If you do send a roll of 35 millimeter to the darkroom, they do come back mounted in plastic mounts. Okay. These do not open up. That's actually rather unusual in the slide mount world, but they do come mounted and back to you ready for projection right. or scanning. But right. Yes. So E6, mm-hmm. that's the process. Mm-hmm. Color slide film. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, go back in history. <laughs> not too far back. No, that's way too far back. <laughs> Let's go back in history to, I'm guessing, and maybe Leslie can help out. I'm guessing that the heyday, 1950s, 1960s, maybe the 40s. 70s, too. 1970s. People would shoot color slide film. Uh, One of the reasons was because you received a positive back mounted in a slide holder that you would project. Mm -hmm. 
And it's seen in the, the show The Simpsons when the kids complain because the ants come back from a vacation. People had to be subjected to a long, boring slide presentation of... Every image, yeah. Of, of yeah, your trip to wherever. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but back in the day, in the gift shop, if you were in a foreign territory, you could buy a slide kit... Yeah, pre-made, uh, pre-made yeah. slides to yep. interprogram in your slideshow. You may be saying, "Well, how, how do you? How do I see a slideshow?" Kodak and other companies, probably GAF, sure, Bell and Howe, made slide projectors. It's basically a round device, a carousel, and it, how, how many does that hold? Carousel? Eighty or one forty. Two, there are two tray sizes. So you have a tray in a box, and you basically program your own slideshow. What show? And, of course, companies did this as well for yes. presentations. Mm-hmm. I swear, right up until maybe the early 2000s, in the yes. ni- certainly the 90s, before everyone did a, a heavy ditch conversion, mm-hmm. that was the way to go. And that was, that was the consumer way to go. Also, all advertising and magazine work. Color they slide. Were, they were color slide. Yeah. And they, they have, and it's confusing, chromes. Positives, transparencies, slides mm-hmm. are all the same thing. You hold it up to the light, and it's a positive. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, now, some people get their panties in a bunch when uh, you when you say slide, Why? and it's not a film format that comes in a slide. So, like if you yeah, oh, slide mounted, slide yeah, mounted yeah, because so. it slid into the chamber. The first didn't drop down. They slid across in front of the lens. Yeah, so some people don't, don't like term. it when, like, if, yeah. I, if I'm saying I'm shooting 8x10 slide, no such thing. You're There's right. no projector mm-hmm. for it. I'm like, it's... Oh, you're shooting 8x10 chrome. Yeah. yeah, so I have to, uh, yeah, if you say slide, they're like, well, yeah. there's no slide for it. Yeah. Like, what? It's, well, the largest slide. It's e- so I just say E6. E6 is a good in the catch-all. FPP online store, 120 film, it's called 120 color slide film. Yeah. And it can be because they did mount them and they did have yeah, projectors for those. Yeah. So it's just I'm just saying, but, like semantics wise, it's E6. It's all the same stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's the exciting history of. And I know mm-hmm. there are a few, not too many, but there are a few FPP listeners who do make presentations for their families mm-hmm. for fun, mm-hmm. out of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And they're beautiful projected. Yeah. Oh my God, they're just awesome. Yeah. Beautiful. But well, that is that is a topic as well, especially with expired formats, since most people are not shooting transparencies professionally or to project anymore, Mm -hmm. there is some leeway you can go with the scan, especially in light of the fact that you may have to do some tweaks in Photoshop or in your scan software. You'll definitely have to, yeah. Some of the older stocks, lean, magenta, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or cyan. Yeah, yeah, and you'll have to mm-hmm. you know, pull some, some um, color, and I'll, I'm going to be talking about that. So this is the Color Slide Show. Uh, we started from the very beginning. If you have not shot this format, uh, I highly, highly recommend because you will have a blast the first time because you haven't experienced it. You haven't held up your film to look at it you know, with light behind it, mm-hmm. like we just did. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Matt shot some 8x10 mm-hmm. color slide film. Of course, this year, Film Ferrania in Italy, they did a Kickstarter last year, and their first film that they're rolling out is color slide film. Crazy. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Because most companies are moving away. Kodak has discontinued color slide it's film, gone. I'm guessing, in 09. Yep, 09. Fujifilm, um, they're slowly... They're still kicking, yeah. They're still, you know, we have... Well, you know, why don't, we, why don't we start out by just talking about what films are, are, are available. Great. And that's not going to take very long. No. No. What is available, Matt? Uh, Velvia. 
That's food, Fuji Chrome, it's called. Yep, so they have a couple different Velvias. Um, you can still, in, in lesser places, but you can still find Velvia 50. Yes. And then Velvia uh, 100. Right. And then I think it's then the, the Provia. Provia 100F. 100F, that's the newest version of that. That's a very popular film. Well, 50, well, I should probably mm. just go into what each of them are, are good for. Velvia It's a very saturated film. Uh, Velvia 50 is the most saturated. It's just a, a brilliant film for landscape shooters. Hugely popular, but also very expensive to boot. Um, I had a few months ago, somebody came into Midwest Photo Exchange and was like, uh, he was he had the itch for slide film. He was like, do you guys have any E6? And all we had was a basket of Velvia 50. It was like 34 rolls. He said, oh, great, I'll take them all. <laughs> so it, you can tell the people that you know, know slide film, love it, shoot it all the time, they... They crave it. They need to know they have a bunch of it. So, I think that Velvia 50 is probably the closest thing that we have to the look of Kodachrome, the original slide film. And I think that's a, uh, that saturation you know, oh, yeah. is part of that popularity. I shot a lot of that at the uh, walking workshop. Most of mm. my recap that I, that I did was all uh, Velvia 50. I loved it. Most of the film I shot at the walking workshop was either Ektachrome or Velvia. So this is truly like the year of slide for me. So Provia, another popular one. It's a very neutral slide film. So it's very what you see is what you get. Right. Which is, it's, it's very good. A lot of studio shooters that work with chromes like working with Provia. Or people that just like uh, kind of softer, you know, pastels, tones like that. It's very good for that. Are there some 400s you can still get in chrome? Uh, I believe that was there something called... Provia 400X. There, wa- I'm not sure if that's still. still yeah. yeah, but they they do have. There a was 400. a Provia 400. There I don't was. know if it's still available. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that that was one of them. If so. it isn't still available, it is certainly available in bulk on eBay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of folks who are you know getting rid of the film that they have. Yeah. It wouldn't be too long out of date. Right? No, it's still recent. You know what I noticed? I noticed because I buy a lot of film on eBay. I noticed that color slide film because it was used by professionals, is better taken care of. So you see a lot of lots that have in the, the description, this was from a studio, it's been refrigerated. Cold stored, yeah. Cold stored, and mm-hmm. that is very much a, a key to buying film, especially color slide film. If it's cold stored, mm-hmm. you're in some good shape. Definitely. And um, with I, I find maybe it's just because it's my experience with E6 has mostly been expired film. Uh, I try to use that expired film as soon as possible. So like from cold stored, it's 24 hours into the film holders or into the camera. And then as soon as it's exposed, either right back into cold stored or right out for development, like very, very little, you know, uh, leeway in there. So you are a little more careful with your color slide film than you are just a roll of uh, C41. Yeah. Yeah. All day. I will, I will baby that stuff, but uh, it hasn't let me down so far. So. Right. And the colors are just gorgeous. I still can't scan it worth, worth a darn, but uh, the, the colors, when you hold it up to the light or on the light box, are just beautiful. Yes. So color slide film is a little more difficult to self-scan. Some people will say no, but I will say most definitely yes. It's, okay. it's a lot harder to, uh, to scan, and some folks will contest that you can't get the most out of it until you like drum scan it. I think part of that concept is we have a positive in front of us, mm-hmm. and you're trying to match it. Match to what you, you see. When you scan a negative, yeah. it may be the first time you see it in positive, so you have nothing right. to no, no, uh, comparison. Yeah. 
What does it mean when people say a color slide film, oh, you have to be really careful and bracket your shots because mm-hmm. the film doesn't have latitude? What does that oh. mean? Sure. So the uh, amount of contrast range it can handle is much tighter than other films like black and white and c41 so whereas some black and white films can handle seven seven stops or more or more like an or uh C41 films, which have been proven to take 12, 13, 14 or more stops of, of latitude. Your slide film can only usually typically handle like a, a five stop range. So that's, you know, five, five stops of light. So F, F4, oh God, I should have started at four, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, four, five stops of range is not much. So you think of your your mid-tone, you have two stops darker than that, two stops brighter, that's it. So if you have a very, uh, like a backlit scene, can easily go over. You can have a lot of blown highlights. You have a very, very dark scene. It could be could be a lot, a lot of just muddy shadow tones. So it's, it's very, uh, very easy to uh, mess up, especially if you are uh, fly by the seat of your pants when, uh, when shooting. Maybe not something to practice Sony 16 with unless you, the sun is behind your back the entire time, bright, sunshiny day. If you're in tricky lighting situations, definitely want to meter it out if you want to get right. the best. Yeah. For color slide film or chrome, transparency, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> you're better off overexposing and not underexposing. Mm-hmm. Not, with, not with slide film. Mm-mm. That's, that's negative films. Yeah. You oh, yeah. Well, but if you, if you are off, let's say you're, you're, you're off on your exposure. Mm-hmm. You can retrieve something. You will be able to get an image out of something that's a stop overexposed. Well, compared you, to if you under. Well, it blows out to white. There's nothing there to get. Yeah, there's nothing on the transparency. It's, uh-huh. it's clear. Uh-huh. So Whereas real- you can simply scan more into a negative and right. pull that out. That's yeah, but why if it goes clear, it's- uh, people do what's called bracketing. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're mm-hmm. shooting your exposure, you shoot it, and then you also shoot one stop under, one stop over. So you have three shots from your scene, let's say, if mm-hmm. you're shooting a landscape or even a yep. portrait. Mm-hmm. This way you can choose what works best in your scanner. Definitely. I mean, you're shooting more film, but if it's that impor- if the shot's shot. important to yeah. you. If you're shooting E6 in the first place, you're probably really caring about what you're shooting. Yes. So. Yeah. We're going to refer to it a lot on the show moving forward as E6 film. Okay. Because this is a film that you will process... E6 to get a color slide. Mm-hmm. E6. We've been talking, and Matt's talking from the perspective of shooting professionally and getting the most beautiful image you can. There's also a whole cult underground of people shooting color slide film from the hip of whatever you get. Yep. And then, of course, the whole cross-process phenomenon, which companies like Lamography becomes a whole ad campaign yeah. to, to the point that they actually call their film X-Pro film. Yes. Which, you know, I shoot and process E6 to get a color slide, but they're actually marketing it to a crowd that will shoot it and then what's known as cross-processing, taking your color slide film, which was meant to be a color transparency, and processing it as if it were color negative in C41 chemistry. C41. Which gives you a negative and uh, wonks out your color. Why do you suppose it wonks out the color? Like, why? What is the process? Any idea? We're not um, scientists, by the way. Well, Matt's the closest thing to a scientist. Close, but it, it, as time goes on, I'm getting dumber and dumber. So. It's just not designed. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's a different yeah. process. It's, um, and there's, a, there's another step in E6. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But my goal this show was really to just hip everybody to just to know. Mm-hmm. Because when you first get into film photography... You just don't know. You just don't know what it means when you see a roll of film that says E6. 
Yeah, or if you go on eBay to buy some expired film and type in color slide film or ectochrome, mm-hmm. which of course is movie film, color slide film. They yep. made it, I'm guessing, 127 format. Oh, they did. They made it 126 they sure format. They made it 110 format. Yes. Because I've had it. Yes, oh, wow. they did. They made it, of course, 35 millimeter format, mm-hmm. 120, 4x5, eight and 8x10. Yeah. All the way. I've got, I've got four boxes. Yeah. My favorite slide film, hands down. You, you, see a, you have a film that you feel like that's how you see the world. Ectochrome for me. That's, it is my favorite film, hands down. Love shooting it. But there are many types, like... E100G. That's my favorite. There was yes. Ectochrome Elite... Oh, Elite, Elite Chrome. Chrome. Elite Chrome. Chrome. Mm-hmm. The 100s. The VS. Uh, that's the, right. Exactly. The GX. The, the original yeah. just Ectochrome 64. Mm-hmm. Right. There was the, even so. an Ectochrome 64X. Yeah. Yes, there was. And we're only talking about Ectochrome E6 processing. We're not talking about the older. No, E4s no. or 2s. No. Yeah, these were like earlier mm-hmm. versions of Ectochrome. We're talking about modern, modern day films that you could. I do get some emails from folks who are like, yeah, I'm into, I'm into buying old uh, slide film too. And then they send me a little picture. Old. <laughs> so old, it's, you know, it's E4 processing. Whoa. I can't wait. I feel so bad being like, uh, well, you know, no, put that I on can. your shelf. <laughs> because you could only get a process as black and white, and I say that, and then I wouldn't. But wait, Mike! Wait! This film rescue. But wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait! 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 wait, 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 wait. Yes, there is a company called Film Rescue, but if you're going to go buy a roll of old Ektachrome that's so old that it's E4 processing, and then shoot it today, and then send it to Film Rescue. They're called Film Rescue for a reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's to rescue, like you find your family's mm-hmm. you know, exposed yes. images that haven't been processed, and you're like, oh, my God, here's, um, you know, here's uh, Grandpappy. And yeah, I really standing see... on the grassy knoll. What do you think we got? Yeah, let's, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's send it to Film Rescue. Yes. They're a little too pricey just for general, in my opinion. Everyday I, use, yeah. yeah. Everyday use, not very for much. everyday use. For me, at least. Look, you guys do whatever you want. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine by me if that's your, your experiment. But I would say find an ectochrome film expired that, that is E6 process. So yeah, it's recent. Yeah. yeah, fairly recent if you want good results. Mm-hmm. I would say about, you know, try to keep it 5, 10 years expired. If you, you yeah. know, I, past that, I. No hope. It seems like a lot of 35 millimeter ectochrome that's floating around on the eBay is like, you know, expired 2007. Lots of it. Yeah. You know, expired Expired 2006. 2006. Mm -hmm. Think their last batch probably had uh, maybe a 2011 or 2012 expiration. Yeah, because it was all like 2009 manufacturer stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, if you're going to take the, the plunge. This year and start shooting color slide film as as we are here at the FPP. We do have the time this year to you know experiment and, and find mm-hmm. some different stocks, uh, some Ectochrome, yep. some Fujichrome, even some Fujichrome expired. There is some of the old Ferrania. I think they called it Solaris. There is some old Ferrania color slide. No, no, they called it Scotch. Scotch. Oh, did they? Did they? Because it was originally Scotch was 3M. Just folks at home, I guess the tip sheet of taking notes would be, if you don't know anything about color slide film, a.k.a. transparencies, a.k.a. chromes, you want to get a processed E6 to get a color slide. E6 to get a color slide. E6. You can also send it to labs. 
uh, to get it processed as C41, which is called cross-processing. Cross-processing. C41. Cross-processing mm-hmm. is taking your E6 film to your local pharmacy and processing it as C41. Stop right there. I got to know right now. I got to know right now before we go any further. Will you process me? When you go to the Target, many Targets don't even do it anymore. Nope. And I've seen this. I've been on the other side of the counter, and I see it. You go there, you give the guy the film, and you know they're just instructed by their manager. Mm-hmm. They know nothing. Mm-hmm. They t- pick up your film, they hold it up, and they hold it so close to the eyeball. They just, like, look in. It's going to poke them. Yeah. They're yeah. looking, they're looking, especially if it's not just Kodak Gold. <sighs> they're looking because they're looking for where it says C41 yes. because they've been instructed by the manager, do not process anything else because you're going to blank up our machine. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So there's a good chance you'll be sent on your bike when you show up with your roll of Provia. Right? I've actually loaded it back into a. So have I. Yeah. Do, do you have like Kodak Gold stickers that you put no, over just your cartridge? No, it's just an old Kodak Gold cassette, and then oh, okay. roll it back. Yeah, just, just so avoid the darn. Avoid the discussion. Yes, the confrontation. Yeah, it just gets done that way. Because most local lab, that's not a professional lab. They don't really want to oh. do color slide film as C41 for what's known as X-Pro. Oh, here we go. Cross-processing is also known as X-Pro. Oh, it's not just for pros? You know, that's right. X-Pro meaning cross-process. Retired pros. Then, of course, you have a Flickr group. Like, color slide film Flickr group. Then in parentheses, not X-Pro. Yeah, oh, not I've X-Pro. seen that. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. So, Send the cow assassins after you. <laughs> it is easy to just you know, flip your film to the corner lab to get it C41 because you want your film back. And you don't, maybe you don't even care the way it looks. And you don't care that it's color slides. Unless you're sending it to a lab that happily does it. Uh, Matt, you said the, our good friends at the darkroom that... I've, and I have to tell you, in talking to Phil and Keith, I've never seen guys that were so excited about cross-processing they love they it they love it yeah and some labs charge an extra fee they charge a few yeah. extra bucks uh, yeah yeah and then some labs just will send you they your push phone you back. away yeah, yeah they'll, <laughs> they'll push you away yeah there's a uh, the local lab in columbus ohio the last game in town pretty much that does uh color film there here is uh mcallister photo works and if they see an e6 cartridge they will uh put it in a fuji envelope and uh send it off so you'll, yes. see, so you'll see it in three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I can't tell you how many emails and you know threads I see online. And you know, here we are in 2015, and it's really hard to believe. But people that I've seen these threads, people really still want to go to their corner store, even if for their Walmart yes. or their mm-hmm. Kmart. People really do want to... Uh, something weird going on over there. Oh, someone's calling me. Yeah, it's the strudels. <laughs> I can answer it for you. I'll take, I'll take care like, of that. It's like, where's lunch? Mm-hmm. Uh, people really want to drop off film. Yes. And they're disappointed because there's no day turnaround. Because, as you said, the corner lab that can handle the film, they're going to send it to Fuji. Yep. Or Dwayne's photo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're the U.S. Yeah. place for it. So. Or they may even send it to our folks at the darkroom. They have a whole like uh, business division. Yes. You don't get any instant satisfaction. There is a little extra effort. Leslie's smiling. And I'm smiling because it's the fun of the anticipation, waiting for it to come back. That's true. That's how you have to look at it. Put that spin on it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And there might be a little extra cost, but the satisfaction of seeing a color slide uh-huh. is it's, it's just so different. And I'm, I haven't priced out, but I'm guessing you could pick up a, a carousel, a Kodak. Oh. Or 
If you pay for it, it'll be a miracle. People get... I, I, oh. They're piling up at the FPP. Yeah, are they? Yeah, and see, I, I still use them because I have people that bring me their slide collections to digitize. Yes. They no longer have a projector. They bring you the whole thing. No, I will send the projector home with them for the weekend <laughs> so that they can pick out the Grand Canyon but keep the family stuff to call out what they don't want, essentially. Right. And so I still have a use for those slide projectors yes. where most people, like you said, you've got a bunch of them to Probably never been fired up. I yeah. use that, or I will use the audio viewers. Oh, that do you remember audio viewer, big square box. Were they in libraries? Libraries, schools, churches. They have a screen built on the front. Yes, and a flip little a little window that you can flip and project on the wall or on the. Sometimes they had cassettes in the side that had the beeps on them that automatically. You know, you could time it to your presentation. Right, right. Yeah, but that's a really nice. There's no screen. I can send that audio viewer home. The carousel fits on top. Mm-hmm. They go through their slides. So, yeah, it, they're not an expensive thing. If you want the full effect, right? Go for it. Right. It's just awesome. You know what? I was, I'm glad we're covering slide film this year, and that I'm so excited about it and shooting it. I'm only shooting color slide film mostly this year. Because it is the least popular, yeah, uh, film—not a format, but f- of of type. Type of film, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it just is not like an excitement or a buzz about it. The people that shoot it love it and shoot it. Mm-hmm. Like at FPP at the store, we have our customers yep. who are buying the Provia. People don't know about it. It's almost like don't care about it. Yeah. And I think that once you experience it, then it's the awe and the, and the wonder mm-hmm. of it. A wonderful format for color slides is 620 for your old box camera mm-hmm. because it's uh, you know usually a hundred speed film. Those cameras are designed for hundred speed. So putting a roll of Provia in an old Kodak Brownie will produce a soft, beautiful, dreamy, dreamy image that's a positive. Large format. What's the buzz on large format? Oh, it's just. I mean, you saw it those slides earlier. Like they're just they're but how sweet. popular is this? So many black and white large format shooters. Um, yeah, black and whites. I mean, it's the cheapest, so right. you're gonna have that as your most popular. Shoot it, super it yourself. Move on. That's it exactly for like the landscape guys. Hugely popular for E because E6 for, forever and, and a lot of the large format guys. You can think you know a majority of them are old school. You know they're coming from a time when, uh, like Leslie had hinted to earlier, it's what the professionals used. If you were on a if you were on a commercial gig, everything was like Kodak safety film or better slide film. That's just what you output the best stuff on. And a lot of landscape shooters. Um, I know a gentleman out uh, out west, uh, Ben Horn. He's an eight by ten shooter. He has ben. A, he has a great YouTube channel actually where he'll document himself on his little trips. He'll go to like Zion National Park and mm-hmm. stuff. He'll do everything on eight by ten chrome. All eight by 10 Velvia 50 gorgeous you know you have to do a lot of work to uh, contain uh, everything into that you know that five six stops you have does he sit and wait for light he does he'll camp out like you know multiple day week trips um, and then I actually brought something else to tie into uh, chromes it's yes. a very very useful thing to use when you're shooting chromes shameless plug for a brand I've been using <laughs> lately this it's a it's an American it's an American brand it's one of our distributors I don't even uh, know what it is for Midwest these are uh, filters made by a company called view uh, view. VU and they're really high quality so some people use like Tiffin filters and folks you know, VU these are really nice filters I use these for when I'm doing landscapes in color 
Preferably My mouth is open. I can't even. I don't even know. This is a <gasps> this is a giant graduated, graduated neutral density filter. These are great for you know darkening the sky. So let's say I measure, I'm metering the thing out, boop, 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 you know. I, I, look, at my, I look at my highlights, and I'm saying, oh, it's too, uh, well, the glass. It's, it's, a, oh, co- okay. it's a coated glass okay. filter, yeah. Dyed mask. Close to you. I use these for darkening the sky. I, I see my highlights are too, are too hot. I got to bring them down. This is a three-stop graduated neutral density filter, and it will, yeah, it'll soften down those tones in the sky. Some people use what's called a hard graduated, so it's oh. a, a very clear you know, delineation between the uh, the darkened and the lightened areas. You can see this is soft. It's a nice transition. So folks listening who can't get a visual, it's a piece of glass. Yep. Mm-hmm. And at the top, it's darker. And darker. it gradually yep. turns. Gets lighter. Lighter. This one happens to be gray. Neutral they make density. them in orange. Also, they, use, they used to. Not so much anymore. So if your sky is blown out, you'll want to bring the sky down. Bring it down. Yep. Now, these work if you want to avoid like a line of seeing the graduate. Get the uh, get the uh, soft graduate, but yeah. Does the f stop matter of seeing that line? No, it uh, it's all f- filter placement mostly. You want that thing as flush up against your lens as possible. Okay. Uh, if you hold it out more, there's a chance if you're using a very very you know small aperture on there or a very narrow aperture, you might get uh, you might get some definition of it in the shot. But usually, I use a soft. I don't like that clear line showing up right. from a hard graduated there's also for the guys for the landscape shooters specifically that do sunset shots yes. there's what's called a reverse graduated neutral ah. density so it's literally about halfway up the frame you'll see you'll see it's like clean and then it gets it's a hard dark and then it will get lighter because when the sun's going down you know it's already dark up top but it's light right where the sun's setting so it's going to be, yeah, it's kind of going to be a reverse of that. Right. Uh, these are just very helpful for shooting slide film. Mm-hmm. Anybody that's going, already taking the effort to purchase slide film, process it E6, get, a, you know, get the best saturation right. out of it. Filters are a great way to go. I'm starting to put these on uh, my lenses when I'm doing large format landscapes. Black and white, you can usually, I usually just might use a color filter to knock the contrast down a little bit. Uh, or a polarizer, these I will go that extra mile for color films. So what is that actually called? VU VU filters, that's it. Filters. VU. Yep. Now if you're a thirty five or one twenty shooter, it's still a good idea. You, mm-hmm. you can get a like a, a screw coken filter. C O K I N. Yep. And this uh this will fit a see what mount is it? I think it's Koken Z. The yeah, bit the big, the big boy. So this the is this is a one hundred. So or um, the Lee, whatever it is, big Lee, stuff. Lee filters, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Lee Lee has a holder. Basically, anything that can hold a one hundred millimeter filter. So the right. big four inch filters, four by fours. This is a four by six. So these are monsters. But I have monster lenses, so it's necessary. Right. I, I love these things. But these uh, price wise, I know you were like about ready to pass out. Uh, the price on these things, these are actually cheaper than you Lee's. buy it for life. Yeah, I just and because don't it's it. that four by six square, you can use it. It's not a screw-in filter. Yeah, you can you use you it on can, many sizes. Exactly, right. and, so, uh, and on those holders, you can yeah. actually rotate it and use it. You know, here or here. so. However, it lines up right. for your exposure. And so. I'm guessing someone who buys this filter for their camera would rather die than do post-production work on their image. It's not the scanning. same. Yeah, mm-hmm. I <laughs> especially with the slide. The chrome. Yeah, you blow the you sky can't, out. You it's can't not do there. it. You, there's nothing to work with if it's mm-hmm. clear. Right. So you're doing way too much processing to get it back. So getting it in camera as best you can is, is truly a way to go. Um, I like getting it in camera when I can, and I, I'm i really not good at playing with color images when I scan them, so I'd like to have it ready to go. Right. 
And it okay. just looks cool when you see it on that light box and it's already like, that's it. That's the one. When we come back, we're going to talk, be talking about rule of thumb for buying expired film. How to expose it. Like, what do you do? Like, do you have to, like, change your ISO? I don't know. We're going to find out. Retrochrome. This is the year at the FPP that we shoot color slide film. Color slide film is a color positive film traditionally used to make slides that you would put in a slide projector to have slide presentations for your friends and families. These days, you can still put together old-timey slide show presentations, but you can also scan your slide. So in many ways, it's even more fun than shooting color negative because you have the option of projecting your slide or, of course, scanning your slide. Film Farania in Italy, for folks who have been listening to the show... Know that a brand new color slide film is being introduced. So while we're waiting, Retro Chrome FPP has unearthed from a vault color slide film made by Kodak, Kodak Ektachrome, that we're calling FPP Retro Chrome. FPP Retrochrome comes in 160 ISO and 320 ISO. The miles of film that we have acquired has been thoroughly tested. I encourage everyone to go to the FPP online store to try. To try, because many of you out there have never shot color slide film. To try, to try. FPP Retrochrome. Retrochrome. Hey, we're back. I have a letter here from Max Lambden. Max says, Hey, Michael. I recently acquired five Fuji Provia 100F that expired in 2010 and five Kodak 100G that expired in 2007. Both are 124 mat. I was wondering, should I alter my exposure for the E100 at all or not if it's a, just a decade old? I wasn't sure if any rule applies to this. Secondly, it's cheaper to process E6 in bulk as it happens I'm very tight with my money. Although I am a very slow shooter, my question is, should I refrigerate or freeze once exposed so I can send them all off at once? Or do I just lose the $1 and send them off as I finish shooting them? (laughs) Thanks for the great shoes, Max in the UK. P.S. Just wondering... Just worked my way down to episode 99. Congrats on the 100 a year ago. <laughs> Sorry, I always get a kick out of people like, yeah, I just finished episode 24. I'm like, what? <laughs> what century was that? <laughs> I don't know. Well, this is my opinion, and we'll pass it around the table here. Everyone wants to know the rule of thumb for shooting expired film. There's a lot of that going on. I even see mm-hmm. it on Facebook posts. Mm-hmm. You know, rule of thumb, rule of thumb. Rule of thumb. I'm going to tell you where you stick that thumb. (laughs) (laughs) There is a rule of thumb, and there isn't a rule of thumb. Mm -hmm. There isn't a rule of thumb because right in the FPP store, and this is all film that I tested, I bought a, a refrigerator load of film from a photographer a few years ago who was a professional photographer who sold me his bricks of Ektachrome 64X and Ektachrome 100X, expired 1994. And, you know, I bought them directly from from his freezer to FPP's freezer. And we've been selling it as fresh film. You know, Mm -hmm. 
the description says, mm-hmm. 1994 expired. Just shoot the film at box speed. Ectochrome 64, shoot it at 64. Ectochrome 100, shoot it at 100. I don't want to say a, a rarity, because not really, but most of the time, people's color slide film was just on a shelf, or yep. even in a warehouse shelf. Yeah. You know, at, at like a photo distributor, just mm-hmm. sitting on the warehouse shelf. Sitting and waiting. And I think that's what kills... The, the, the speed yeah. the speed of mm-hmm. color slide film not because color slide film also some of the colors get a little crazy They're too definitely gonna get wonky yeah the rule of thumb <laughs> <laughs> is uh, one f stop or one uh, or cut your your film speed in half for every decade that it's aged of course it's best if you have multiple worlds so you can do a test mm-hmm. but if you can't do a test and you're just going to wing it? That's what I do. So if it's Ektachrome 400 and it's uh, two decades old, I'd shoot it at 100. You could do it multiple ways. Mm-hmm. This gets a little confusing, right? This is mm-hmm. the confusing mm-hmm. show because you can cut your speed, yeah. set it, and forget it. Yes. Or you can keep the speed and just open up two stops. You're doing essentially the same thing. Doing so. this, exactly. It's a math yes. problem. Yeah. So folks not mm-hmm. into math, this is like yeah. a conundrum. Well, it's, it's like you know, the basic exposure triangle. So like, you know, whichever, whatever you're doing, you have to cut it by two somewhere. Right. So. Mm-hmm. I recently shot 1985 expired Ektachrome. Mm-hmm. What did you shoot it at? I shot it at, I'm going to say I shot it at 50. Yeah. So it's 400, uh, 85, 95 to 30 years old. So 400, 200, 100. Yes, I shot it at 50. I cut it for every, 10, for every decade that it aged. Mm-hmm. How was it? Dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> In what uh, it's on direction? Flicker, as a matter of fact. It's, uh, it's a landscape. It's sort of blue. It has a sort of a... It looks cool. It's grainy. Grainy. But it didn't hold any color because it wasn't stored in any type of... It wasn't stored. It wasn't cold stored. Exposure? 50 ISO. Just yeah, but, but how was it? Pro- uh, oh, uh... Decenty, but, but color and grain, I, I realized, yeah. was off. That's going to the Flickr page. Uh, is it... The, the recent pictures. Oh, yeah. This one. That's the one. Oh. Oh. Whoa, that it's green. That, it's that twilight look without... Yeah. So, you know, if you're buying, there's a lot of expired slide film on eBay. Lots of it. Ektachrome 1985. Mm-hmm. Ektachrome 1991. And it's usually like four or five rolls. Yeah. And there's, and there's two versions. Yes. Consumer and pro. Yes. but if the, As you said, a lot of pros bought the professional and kept it better. Unless it says mm-hmm. in the auction that it was professionally stored mm-hmm. as a uh, freezer or ref- at least refrigerator, you definitely should buy it as a film to just get funky colors mm-hmm. with. So, and many times you'll mention that it was batch tested when yes. you sell it on in the FPP store. Yes, batch tested, and then you got you have an idea of where you're going with this when you buy it. You, you, so, yes. Mm-hmm. The wonderful thing about uh, the FPP is that you see examples yes. from the batch to see, oh, that, this is what I'm getting. This is what I can do with this. Mm-hmm. Because many times, even if you're shooting people, sometimes you just want a, a kind of a messed up funky color. Sure. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to <gasps> cross-processing. You know, and we had mentioned that Lomography thrills to promoting cross-processing. Do you guys have any feelings about it? I don't, I don't do it. 
I like I've, I've done it once, and I was okay. back to just shoot. I, I, now anymore, uh, I try to shoot as much fresh as I can. So it's like you know, if folks at home, you like E6, buy fresh E6. Tell you know, tell Fuji, yes, I do like this film. Keep making it because they're the only ones in the game. Well, until film we, un, until our, we get our Ferrania from the uh, from the Kickstarter. But you know, and when that's out, if you like it, be like that guy that came into Midwest. Just buy it up. Yeah, buy as much as you can. Yeah. Put it in the fridge. Well, that's the thing. We don't really know how how many how much time we have left on this type of film because because this was a film as as we mentioned earlier, a film that made its business being used professionally. Yeah, and, that and just families off. Yeah. and families projecting it, and that business doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, uh, use it or lose it, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So Matt is going to talk now about working with slide film in the studio. So yeah. this for this segment. Whether it's a, a, a professional studio or, you know, you can go out and buy some lights. Mm-hmm. Very cheaply. Uh, very inexpensively. And lights come in a little kit that you fold up, put in the closet when you're not using it. You yep. can set up your own home studio. And a number of FPP listeners are doing their own home studio setups. Very much. It's a lot of fun because it's a control situation. Exactly. But Matt's here to tell us about... Working with slide film in the studio. Yeah. So not too long ago, I was doing a shoot with the staff members at uh, Midwest Photo Exchange, and we were shooting on my favorite film, E100G. I had uh, a couple boxes of that loaded up into my holders, and we were setting up a lighting scenario that I very much like for studio work, uh, the same kind of lighting setup that Mr. Timothy Greenfield Sanders is uh, famous for. Mm-hmm. Just a big old octabox. Camera, uh, camera right on the subject, just off the subject, maybe about two meters. Have them off of a nice uh, gray, uh, white backdrop or light gray backdrop, and just have that really nice, clean one light fall off. But when metering for that, you just want to make sure everything's within, you know, within that range. You don't want, uh, you don't want it to be as uh, high contrast as if you were working with uh, like a black and white film. Or a color negative film, you want it to be a little bit. Ooh, that's very interesting. A little bit more. We didn't uh, talk about contrast. Even. We talked a little bit with the graduate filter, but yeah, in setting up your lighting scheme, you want you don't want the as you mentioned one side of your your subject to be too many stops apart. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. I, rarely even one stop apart, just okay. because that slide film's really just it doesn't have that that same range. So, uh, working with a handheld meter is. Uh, it's not it's not 100% necessary but I would say I would recommend using it or using, you know, a long lens on your 35 millimeter film or digital camera and just metering it out and seeing, you know, seeing where everything's at, seeing if everything in the scene that you want to be lit is or you want to be exposed is within that that five stop range, you know, a bright highlight uh whites at number 5 and your your dark shadows at at uh, that first stop. So Really metering that out. I, I like the light meters that actually show a little f-stop scale. Uh, okay. My my meter, uh, this is a Konex 778. There's fancy a, schmancy. Yeah, there's a 758. There's some new digital touchscreen ones that they have just a little, like it's oh. a little a little graph, and it shows you along the f-stops where everything's sitting, and you can program it for uh, a slide film or a black and white film, and it will just give you like these little arrows, you know, shadow, midtone, highlight, and you plot it out. And if it's outside that, change your light until it's inside that, and you get you know great stuff every time. So I I'm fully uh, for using a handheld light meter to get that stuff. Mm-hmm. Working with slide film is almost like working with um, your Polaroid films. I, I treat uh, I treat them very much the same. So like uh, 
the sh- the window light shot I just did of you with the uh, the impossible film, Mike. Mm-hmm. I probably uh, to make that a little more even because I feel like that contrasts a little too it's a little too contrasty. It's a little too bright on one side of your cheek to to the other. I'd probably either have you step back a step, yep, you know, get a little more even, mm-hmm. or just kind of you know cheat you a little bit another way to to get more of that highlight there. Is so. there any relationship between Polaroid and slide film in the sense that photographers use Polaroid as a, a, the proof a, as a proof before shooting their slide film. They would well, uh, back in the studio days. Absolutely, that was what they. That's what they did. They would pull ton. They would pull sometimes up to a box or two of Polaroids to get you know the proof going. And then once they did that, they loaded in their slide film. You know, a couple of holders or a roll of slide film, and they were done. Wow. So yeah, it's uh, it all it all comes together. But uh, I really like working with slide film in the studio environment because once you got it dialed in, everything's going to look really really nice. And looking at a contact sheet. Or just you know just that whole set of, that whole sleeve of uh, you know one twenty or thirty five millimeter transparencies it's beautiful and you show that to you know, show that to a client or just just anybody like hey look what I did and they're like wait a second that's a you know people that have never seen a uh, slide film before when they when they see that coming through the light you know even if they're just holding it up to like a crappy fluorescent light they're like oh my god like it's yeah, the face lights up it's really cool and are you shooting a lot. In the studio this year? Uh, more than I definitely was because, uh, before. I, I really just didn't shoot a lot in 2014 now that I'm thinking about it. Because 2015, I've been, I've been blowing film. Right. Um, and you're, you're excited about the E6 slide film as well? Very much. Because it's, it's not getting any younger. You know, especially... Yes. Yeah, just shoot it. Especially the Ektachrome. If you find it, like, you know, when you, when you called me up and said, Hey, Matt, you know, I've got all this, this Ektachrome. Gimme. <laughs> Like oh. how much? How much are you going to send me? Oh, so you're, we're going to talk about that after our break. You're going to you're going to test the, the you're going to test the bejesus out of this. Am film? I? Te- I already shot two rolls. Yeah. What's okay. stopping me now? Okay, good. Uh, are you using strobes, which are you know basically a, a big flash, or are you using hot lights? I'm using strobes. Okay. And there, um, are there two schools of thought of like some people like hot lights, some people like strobes? There's multiple schools of thought now because um, in the you know in the modern world now there are uh led lights which are kind of like they're cool hot lights yes um better than fluorescence because they're brighter there are even on the video side of things because i'm av at work um there are led fresnel lights so like the same old mole richesons Mm -hmm. they have those but as leds Mm -hmm. behind it so there's a ton of different there's a lot of blur between you know your hot lights and your cool lights now um, and then there are strobes. You know, and, stuff to confuse us more. Yeah, sure. way more. But I use strobes. I prefer strobes because you, mm-hmm. you can freeze the action. Uh, you don't have to worry about m- movement of your subject, especially yeah. with large format. The, you need such a, a huge you – you are using such, a, such larger apertures. A strobe is daylight balanced? Most of the time, yes. Okay. Hot light is usually tungsten balanced. Usually, yep. Okay. Which comes into play with the types of film Different you films. buy. Yep. By the way, for folks out there listening, there is a ton, ton of color slide called T, 64T, mm-hmm. we'll get uh, 160T, 320T. The T means tungsten. There's a boatload of it out there because it was used professionally in the studio by photographers and that profession, using that film, is no more. The professionals are not shooting color slide film for their clients are shooting dig. I feel like that was for folks that were shooting like on set where everything was already lit with yes. hot lights, and that just yes. doesn't happen that much anymore. Their still camera would be in a blimp. <laughs> 
What you said? What is that? I don't understand. They they put their camera and it took off off the ground into the air. <laughs> when I was uh, in college, I would scrounge around to shoot on film sets all the time, and I didn't have the blimp. So many times, I'd be like, "Sure, you can come to set if you're blimped." It <laughs> means your camera's in a housing, so that when you cock your shutter and fire your shot, there's no sound. Oh, okay. Because they record. They're making a movie, and if you're mm-hmm. shooting while they're shooting, you have to be silent. They can't hear the click click. Yeah, mm-hmm. there is so much T film mm-hmm. on eBay in bricks that is Kodak Ektachrome T, and mm-hmm. that's what it means. It's tungsten, and of course the what we've been talking about. It's not color slide film. It's but all going crazy over is the 500 T tungsten, mm-hmm. and also not a color slide film. But what you talked about is Cinestell film. Their 800 T is tungsten, mm-hmm. meaning balance for indoor lights. I love the way Lamography, just, just th- they just throw it out there. It's like throwing a plate of spaghetti across the wall. <laughs> it's like, Psh! It's like our new 200T, and you look at all their exam- – and I'm not, cr- I'm not knocking There's them. I love these guys. Shot. Yeah. It's like all their shots are just blue. <laughs> because they're so into like – and di- it looks so weird. The different look, yeah. But they don't explain – why it looks Which like we're going to talk about after the break, color temperature. We are, yes. But you know, yes. I, I want to go back to E6. We have C41 kits. Yes. We do our own black and white. Yes, we do. It is just as easy to do your own E6 at home. Yeah, which is now available at the FPP. Yes. It's called the FPP Rapid E6 Kit. E6. Fantastic. Yes. Oh. It really is just as easy to do. And so these people are like, oh, it costs more to develop E6 or this or that. I could already no. see our good friend Lance King in his home darkroom yes. processing E6. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, Lance? You're like, yeah. you're like, dude, I'm in. Yes. It's so cheap. It's a little more expensive than the C41 camera. It's still cheaper. Exactly. But maybe, you know, you don't have to bulk it up till you get 20 rolls to see it. And it's just awesome just to shoot pull it, it off develop it, you're done. And mm-hmm. Yes. And if you want the actual experience and you're going to mount these, give me a call. I'll send you slide mounts. I have thousands of slide mounts. Podcast so, but, yeah. at filmphotographyproject.com. Uh, if you live here in the U.S., we'll get the stuff to you. If you're overseas, I think we may need a, new, a few shekels for you to you know, dr- d- d- drop a few coins. And, and Leslie, do you have ching, PayPal? Ching. ching, I do. And Leslie's PayPal account so uh-huh. she could ship it to you. But now we're talking color temperature. Whoa. Color temperature. Uh, and we're talking T-film. What does it mean? Matt, we just got... Like, like, let's bring it all together. Okay. okay. Studio. You're shooting with strobe. See, the folks at home, it's you all, really, it's all you really right do have to make notes, but that's why you have our email address as well. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're shooting strobes, it's daylight, so use daylight film. No, 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 it's all comprehensive right here. Color temperature. Oh. How are you feeling today? Do you know your color temperature? Well, let's take a quick break and we'll yeah. come, by, come yeah. back and we'll it, talk about that color temperature. That talks about how to, yeah. Isn't it this is great, fits guys? In, fits in. You guys it's have it. asked for it. Like, we're going to do a show on coastline film. It's, it's, well, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. Retrochrome. Color slide film. Color slide film is a color positive film traditionally used to make slides that you would put in a slide projector to have slide presentations for your friends and families. These days, you can still put together old-timey slide show presentations, but you can also scan your slide. Film Farania in Italy, for folks who have been listening to the show, know that a brand new color slide film is being introduced. So while we're waiting, Retrochrome, FPP has unearthed 
from a vault. Color slide film made by Kodak, Kodak Ektachrome, that we're calling FPP Retrochrome. FPP Retrochrome comes in 160 ISO and 320 ISO. The miles of film that we have acquired has been thoroughly tested. I encourage everyone to go to the FPP online store to try. To try, because many of you out there have never shot color slide film. To try, to try. FPP Retrochrome. Retrochrome. Hey, we're back. Speaking of the T the film, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that Fuji CD, CDU2, is yes. that what it was? Uh, my buddy Casey at Midwest, another crazy film guy. That's all he shoots. The only slide film he will shoot is that CDU2. He buys it from you. No kidding. Yeah, he loves it. He loves it. Loves it. Can't it's a tungsten balance, right? It is tungsten balance. It's all he likes about Because it. I didn't um, realize it was. And he's, he's, a, he's a cool cat. He's really into um, the same kind of horror movies that, that oh, you're into. Out. And I just think that look of the tungsten film when properly exposed for that just... The CDU2 is like ISO 6. It is, is it? slow. Yeah. It's a slow one. It was a I can't remember. Duplicate. Maybe his 64T was all he ever shot. But yeah, he was really into it. Is he shooting 120 mm. or 35? 35. Okay. All he's ever... Well, the, C, the CDU Type 2 is, is kind of funky. Yeah. Folks, here's a big topic. Yeah. A topic that you should get out of a piece of paper. Yeah. We'll have some notes on mm. the website. Sure. And this is a big topic because no one cares. No one cares. <laughs> no one cares <laughs> We're talking about color temperature. Mm-hmm. What does it mean? What does it mean? Well, you know, I looked up the definition on Wiki. Yes. And it, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a complicated thing to explain. They had one really good sentence. Color temperature is a characteristic of visible light. Makes sense to me. Yes. Because I know about color temperature. So I thought I need my own definition. Every white light. And when I say white Light. I don't mean like a yellow bug bulb or a red darkroom light or some blue funky colored bulb. White that, light that we consider white light. They all give off a certain color. Our eyes cannot perceive or our brain cannot perceive the difference unless it's a huge shift or we have a comparison. So as an example, Matt's got a white shirt on. Outside 12 noon, visually, what color shirts Matt got on? White. There you go. 8 p.m., what color shirt Matt have on? White. Okay, how about if we take a picture of him with a little flash on our camera, what do we expect back? He's wearing a white shirt. He's got a white shirt. How about if it's uh, lit with a, just available light, he's in the kitchen, you got a fluorescent light in there, what color are you expecting to get back on your film? Got a white shirt, he's lit. I'm expecting to get white. Sure. Tungsten lights, hot light, good old bulbs in the, you know, what color is the shirt he's going to have on? Mm-hmm. I'm white. Yeah, white, white, white. white. Hmm. No. <laughs> Put in a roll of film. Day uh, regular consumer color print film. You know, it's very adjustable. Outside at noon, what do we get? White. We shirt. get white. Yep. Gets early in the morning or late in the evening. It's not white. It's not. It's, a little... it's kind of goldeny, yes. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Studio strobe or flash. White. White. Maybe cool white, but white. Fluorescent? Ooh, green. 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 You know, tungsten light. Orange. Orange. Yeah. Dang it. Dang. I thought this stuff was so darn sophisticated. It's kind of where our eyes fail. So what we need to do is we need to have a way to predict what color we're going to get. If we're looking 
as our base for accurate color. Yes. Of course, we can, you know, if you have your basic, then you know what's going to happen when you move off of it. But we need, a, we need a way to predict it and control it on our film. So how do we predict it? Experience, one thing. I was going to say crystal ball. There you go. That crystal <laughs> ball, medium. the magic eight ball. Call your 1-800-predictmyfilm.com or whatever. Or we can have a meter. Mm-hmm. Color meter. Color temperature meter. Those that will pricey. give us. Th- yes, th- they, they, are. They, they are. They are. And it will give us a number, not yes. an exposure, yes. but it gives us a number in a Kelvin rating. Not Kevin. No. Nope. Kelvin. <laughs> K E L V I N. Mm-hmm. A lot of times termed as just a capital K. Yep. And this will tell us what color our light source is. Okay, we still kind of have to know. We have a base point. Our base point is 12 noon, mm-hmm. clear day. Mm-hmm. That Kelvin rating would be between 5,500 and mm-hmm. 6,500, yep. and that's considered daylight. Our strobes are simply portable daylight. Same thing. Yep. Yep. They run right in there. Now, sometimes, depending mm-hmm. on the strobe, depending yes. on how cheap it is, how yes. good it is, that fluctuates. It can. Oh. It can be a little, usually power, a little colder, isn't yep, it? At full mm-hmm. power. Or at uh, low power, sometimes it's hard for them to control that because there's a lot of circuitry in there. Yeah. Uh, the really good lights, don't worry about it. They've they got that factored in. And when I said it comes in colder, that means it's coming in maybe at 6,700K. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the higher yeah. the number, the bluer the light. Mm-hmm. Tungsten light typically comes in at 2,500 mm-hmm. for household bulbs. Mm-hmm. Photo floods were 34, 32 and 3,400. Yeah, 32 is like the good medium. Yeah. Yes, and, we, and then there's a difference too, and we don't we don't really run in too much today. Household bulbs were were tungsten. Mm-hmm. Photo floods were tungsten. Yes. Why not throw a household bulb and just light with that? But they also last for hours and hours and days and months. And the longer they burn, the warmer the color of the light gets. Yeah. Where a photo flood ran six to eight hours, it would burn out on you, but it had a consistent color temperature. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Another useless fact. <laughs> well, your tungsten so, bulb and your household bulb, you could both consider them tungsten, yes. but one burns at a different temperature. Yes, and a consistent temperature right? through its life. So we go out and we buy ourselves a color meter. Yes. The previous industry standard was the Minolta Color Temperature 3F. I'm writing this down. People that still love those. still brings hundreds of dollars. Yep. Minolta 3F. Minolta 3F. And Minolta was a, very much a precision instrument company with their meters. But I think today, uh, with a little bit of knowledge, you can drive yourself nuts with a color meter. Oh, it's 6,200, blah, blah, blah. Within hundreds. Yeah, get in the ballpark. Yeah, Get in the ballpark. It's not as critical today. No. Because we are scanning and, and doing color correction. Yep, yep. So, Mark. Uh, still, <laughs> yeah, still a cool thing. A couple, couple, almost, almost even a thousand or two thousand K is still, we have trouble discerning against it with our, our own eyesight. So, we know what it is. We know how to read it or predict it. We have to control it. If you want accurate color throughout the day on your film or whatever, you can control it with film choice. Ah, almost all films are daylight balanced. Mm -hmm. Shoot at 12 noon, it's going to be normal. Shoot it with tungsten, it's going to be warm. Shoot it with fluorescent, it's going to be green. Because it's 
daylight balanced, not tungsten or fluorescent. What if you're in like uh, the high school gymnasium shooting a basketball? Ooh, game? those are those are a lot of times mercury vapor or sodium vapor, sodium yep. vapor, really and they have a yellow. really ugly yellowy orange color. Yep. Okay. So yeah, films were usually either not designated except on the box for daylight use. Or they put a T after the name, 64T, 160T, tungsten balanced. Shoot it with a tungsten light source, everything is good. Mm-hmm. Shoot it outdoors in daylight, though, what happens? Blue. You have mixed your light sources, and it goes blue. Oh. Now, today, we have some film families, and one of them that I really like is the Vision 3 film family. Mm. They don't horse around. It's 50D. It's daylight. It's 250D, it's daylight, or it's 500T, tungsten. Right. Mm-hmm. You get your light source right with these, or you correct it, and they are awesomely balanced films. These are amazing They are amazing. Yeah. I, I, could, I could tell you, in my opinion, the finest film made today. Yeah. Well, motion pictures uh, uh, always been... Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I shot with some, some Portra 400 at the county fair with all the pretty colored lights and everything. And uh, this was before I was really aware or had any vision to shoot, and I got the film back later on. I, oh, no, it's not right. It's not right. Even though they were still red or some colored lights, mm-hmm. I would have accepted it before. No, now it has to be the color I remember. But anyway... So you buy the film, or I've got Vision 500T in, and I don't necessarily shoot it all with tungsten light, and I want to step outside. Mm-hmm. Use it out there. Now I've changed my light source. What do you do? What do I do? You have a tungsten film in your camera. I do. And you want to go outside. In a different, a daylight light. Filter you, it. Oh, I knew it. Wow. I knew that. Wow. <laughs> There's a specific How? set. How do you filter it? Specific set. Um... Tiffin uses numbers, and Tiffin's a big, well-known manufacturer of mm-hmm. filters. They use an 85 series. Yes. If you, they're, they're rather orange. This is a color, color correction, correction color filter. Correction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You'll find 85, 85A, mm-hmm. 85B, mm-hmm. 85C, mm-hmm. 85EF. Right now, Why so there's many? There's a lot of them. Because we used to... We we wanted to get, and there's only about oh. 200 Kelvin difference yeah. between them. 85 is the strongest. As we go through the alphabet, they get a little weaker. So if you have an 85 now or you have an 85B, you're going to be good to go because we're probably going to scan these in. You can make minor corrections. Minor corrections are a piece of cake. Piece of cake. So you got daylight film. Going to shoot it under tungsten light. Daylight ah. film. You want to shoot it under tungsten light. So it's going to be all to- yellow or... Counterbalance with blue. Filter, yes. Filter. 80. 80. Unless, of course, you're okay with shooting indoor and wanting that warmer look. And that's where your experience comes from. You know what Mm -hmm. you're going to get. Yes. Yes. And you can control it You're okay with it. You're okay with it. It's what Mm -hmm. I'm looking for or not looking for. Same thing. 80, 80A, 80B, 80C, and they're blue. Now, you can also use this 80B filter outdoors in daylight. Oh, jeez. You know, and it gives you that twilight look, that dark night look. It was an old film trick, you know. Yes. And we have to think about when you put these filters on your camera, they do absorb some light. Yep. Filter factor. So how do you handle oh. this? It's called the filter factor. The filter factor. The, some people say, okay, if I'm going to go outdoors, I'm going to rate my 500-speed film now at 320. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want to do that. I meter through the filter. And you can either meter through your lens 
And then you don't have to remember to change it back to 500 when you go indoors. You can actually hold the filter over your handheld meter. Yep, that's what I do. But if, you don't, if you're not using a handheld or built-in and you're sunny 16 or whatever, you really do need to know your filter factor. If you want to know what a filter factor, how much it is, usually spells it out at one stop, two-thirds stops, a, you know, a third of a stop. Buy an old Tiffin filter off the shelf still in the package, and there's the neatest little fold-out guide in there. Black and white filters on one side. They tell what they do. Color on the other. And if uh, Coke and Book also does that, shows you before and afters. And if you buy a Coke and filter, and I don't know if they still do this, they used to print the filter factor right on the box. Yes, they do. Yeah. Yes. Right on the plastic case. Yeah, right on the plastic have case. It on the barrel of the filter, too. Say, so. like, plus yes. 1.5. Yes, or... Exactly. The filter factor's on there. But if you meter through the lens. That's the easiest. Easiest. And they even make wacky filters like FLDs and FLBs. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. And that's FLD is a fluorescent light source so too. Daylight. So daylight it'll be film. magenta filter. It is. Yep. And if you want one that's, or if you're going fluorescent to tungsten, it's salmon. Kind of salmon-y salmon. color. Salmon. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And this, this goes back a long, you remember flash bulbs. Of course came I do. Came in clear and blue. Yep. Yes, I get it. And that's the reason. You can use a blue for everything, black yes. and white or color. But if you use a clear on your color film, it's going to be yellow. It's not balanced. Really? Really. Yeah. Yeah. Now, another way so, you can but do you, it. But you, these days, couldn't you use both either or? It's just fine. For like be, because, modern day Fuji FP100C. Sure. Oh, yes. Uh, you're probably going to scan it to share it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's close enough to correct if it if it bothers you. Mm. A lot of people like a little warmer skin tone mm-hmm. anyway. But the the whole point of this knowing your color temperature really makes your scanning workflow easier. Yep. Because if you shoot in tungsten light and expect to correct it via Photoshop or your or your software, a lot of times you can nail the highlights and the normals, but that shadow will still have a cast. You may have to go in and pick it out if you really want this to look normal, you know, and do some layering things. So getting it, Matt said this earlier, the closer you get it to correct on your film, mm-hmm. the easier your life's going to be later on. Yep, it so. just is. And then if you're using lighting, back to the studio deal, uh, let's say you're working with uh, Flash mm-hmm. and you are in a heavily tungsten environment. What do you do? Because now your it's Flash is mixed daylight. mixed light source. Mixed yes. lighting. You have to gel your flash, and the gels are similar to the same kind of filters you were using on your lens before, but you're just doing it to the light you're adding to balance the scene. Right. Because otherwise, you'll get weird uh, weird shadows, and the background might be a different color. So this happens a lot at uh, wedding receptions. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, grip and grin events, that sort of thing. Um, gymnasiums, just, oh, yeah, try not to shoot in them. <laughs> Yes. It's ice hockey. Yeah. Oh, ice yeah. Ice is always green. Yeah. So, um, no, it's the same same deal. The more you know about your color temperature, and this is actually really good for someone just to be a well-rounded photographer. Film or digital. Especially mm-hmm. digital. Digital, you have to know that, Kelvin. You know, you, I mean, yeah, they have a raw file where you can tweak it after the fact, but the more you can do in camera, the less you have to do on the back end of it. And I think, I think I've even noticed that you'd pull some nice little tricks – with this knowledge, 
where you can put tungsten film in. Yes. And gel your flesh. There again, like yes. Mike said, or Matt said, outdoors. I or love indoors. doing that. Yeah, yep. and it gives you that. At, at dusk. Ah, oh, yeah. yeah. Intense background, but normal lit subject. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sweet trick. So, you know, you know your Kelvin. You know this. You know your ratings. The world's your oyster. You can control everything. Or yeah, or if you can't control it, you at least know what you're getting yourself right, into. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I there are many, many, many little um, graphs on. Uh, you can just do an image Kelvin rating and a, an image search, and you can get little graphs that immediately tell you, oh, match flame is seventeen to eighteen hundred. That's going to be pretty darn red light. Yeah. Or an overcast sky runs right up here to eight thousand. It's going to be cool light. So. You can even, you know, if it's bothering you or whatever, yeah, you want to research it. Yeah, you're getting the, the color. sweats. Well, color temperature sweats. Yep. Woo! <laughs> uh, you can uh, pre-knowledge right. yourself with this. Or if this, it's cool, you're sweating, cool. but you're shivering. Exactly. You're shivering, oh, my gosh. I've got, I've got some feet. Yeah. Yeah, Cold yeah. sweats. <laughs> but anyway, that's the, the difficult. Color temperature, I think, at times is hard to explain to people. But if you've gotten some film back and... Everything's kind of orange. Yep. Yeah, that's the reason. Its film is more sensitive than our eyes. The scariest thing, Matt, was seeing a newbie use a digital SLR camera who didn't know a damn thing about photography. Mm. Yes. And what we're talking about, you know, with color temperature is is such a universal thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so important Mm -hmm. that, like, if you you are, you know, not using a point-and-shoot if you are – Want to get out there and shoot uh, prosumer? Yes. Yeah. You know, pro. What do you prosumer? Yeah. Meaning, mm-hmm. you know, side job shooting. Yeah. Sort of like want to start your own photography business. Many people mm. want to start their own. Start shooting like children's portraits. Oh yeah. yes. Know your color temperature because if yeah. you put that kid in front of a window and you're shooting tungsten, you got mm. problems. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Of course, movie makers. This is all part of the movie industry. It was exceedingly important to know that. Window when you want some golden light, you know how to get it without. Yeah. yeah. Or if so you're shooting inside, you have to gel all your all your mm-hmm, windows. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So uh, we're going to be talking about that on a different yeah. show, uh, movie making. Uh, it's such a very universal theme to be a good photographer all around. Oh yeah. Know your color temperature, and then I will tell you this: if you know your color temperature, it's like you're like. You're like uh, the cool kid because no one else will know. No. (laughs) No one's going to know. No. You will be like a film or just a photography god because it'll be like, uh, especially if you have have the meter, you'll have your own posse. Oh, oh, geez, yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Does this conclude your report? It does conclude my report. Missed something or went over too quick? You know. Mike, where would they ask a question at? Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. There you go. We'll be right on it. Uh, yep. When we come back, we're going to talk very briefly about uh, the miles of film I've been experimenting with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, the dark room is a lab on the West Coast. And these days, because, you know, you're, we're all shooting film, but, you know, the big question is where do I bring my film to get processed? The dark room is an option, and they've really stepped up to develop all films. films. 
110 film, 126 film, 35 millimeter film, 620 film, 120 film, 4x5 film, 8x10 film. Wow. One-stop uh, shopping. Black and white. Color print C41. Color slide E6. E6. Uh, 122, 20, 35, 4x5, 8x10. The dark room. It's They also do testing of awesome films like Lomo, X-Pro, Red Scale, True Black and White, Crossbird, Redbird, oh, Nightbird, oh, hey. uh, Infrared Films. All of us here at the FPP highly recommend you go there. They'll take good care of you. The dark room. Dot com. Tell them the FPP sent you. Yeah. Hey, we're back. Hey, in the FPP online store, certainly by this air date, which is June 15th, there is a new film. Well, it's new, but not really new, but it's new. Retrochrome. As of this taping, um, I bought miles of this film of government surplus Kodak Ektachrome that at first I thought was... Uh, you know, it was about a decade old, so I initially opened up one stop, but I actually cut the, the ISO in half by one, meaning the 160 I shot at 80 and the 400 I shot at 200. And surprise, surprise, I found out that my uh, my slides to look at it were um, overexposed. Mm-hmm. overexposed. Yep. So everything was kind of blown out. I was mm-hmm. still able to salvage the image. Uh, strangely enough, the the cross-process test I did... I was able to salvage it because it made a negative. Yep. Very pleasing to look at, I might add. And as uh, I'm talking here, I'm doing more testing uh, at box speed, as Matt is, as mm-hmm. Leslie is, because um, I have a lot of this film, and I want to share it with you folks and offer it at a very, very awesome price at the FPP. And since this is the year of color slide film, I'm so thrilled to have some very well-stored ectochrome in-house. Mm-hmm. Also, the perfect film for your Lomo Kino camera. Yes. You want to just grind some color slide oh, thr- film through it. Do you know that 400, uh, last I was in retail, consumer 400 film and a 36 exposure length had hit a retail of $20 a roll. Did it really? Yes. Yeah, so, color slide film is not cheap. No, no, not at all. The processing was less expensive because there wasn't a print involved. Right. But um, so the FPP five ninety nine a roll. Oh my gosh! Whoa, five ninety nine. Incredible. Crank those prices up, Mike. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have some FPP haters (laughs) by other retailers because I'm sure you know. So it's this is that's an awesome deal. Well, you think you know when I put something in the FPP store for you folks to buy. I mean, think of us. We're like a big. You know, we're like. BJ's Warehouse here, you know, in the sense that you're a club member. It's like, this is a club. Not everyone knows about the FPP. It's still kind of underground and secret. You don't see, you know, photo blogger articles about FPP. You know, no. we're underground here. And what's that good for? It's good for you. For you. Yeah. Because you could buy a roll of film for five ninety nine, And it's hand-rolled. It's handcrafted. I don't make the, the emulsion. <laughs> You know, I mean, where else can you get that? I can tell you where. Nowhere. Will it last forever? Probably not. So let's have fun right now. Exactly. exactly. 2015. Yeah. You're a slide film. Live for the moment. Now is the time to grab some of this film. And by the time this film is available in the FPP store now, we have already gone through a battery of testing. <laughs> so that on our page for that particular film, you could see all of our test results. So yes. you can, once again, you can have an idea of what you can get out of it. Matt, you mentioned your uh, uh, associate who shoots the uh, FPP, the, the, the Fuji CDU yeah. Type 2. Mm-hmm. This is an, a color slide film, ISO 6. It's a very specialized film. It was, I think it was used for lab work initially. Mm-hmm. But 
your pal, he is able to see the results, and he decided that this is for me. Like, this that's works like, for him. That's just what he likes to shoot with. Yeah. yeah. I think he likes to use just very fast lenses, wide open. Yeah. Um, you know, in the in the daytime, he gels it up, and it just looks good for him. So. Yeah. And that stuff's not made anymore. When that's gone, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to try to get him hooked on this. Yeah. <laughs> get hooked on this. Hooked on slide film. Uh, we're going to be back in two weeks. Uh, podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Please do visit our website, uh, filmphotographypodcast.com. Go to podcast. You'll see our show notes. Show notes, of course, are written by our good pal Alex Laux. Mm-hmm. Big shout out to Canada. We'll see if we could infect the Canadians with some color slide film this year. Retro Chrome. I know they're big into black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the uh, Unicolor C41 kit has bled into Canada. Uh, hopefully we'll get this uh, rapid uh, FPP rapid E6 kit. E6. Over up there, too. We have many, many Canadian listeners, as we do UK listeners. Folks out there listening, let's shoot some color slide film. And, of course, around the corner, Film Ferrania. E6 color slide film. What's all the fuss about? This is what the fuss is about. So right now, the show's going to end, but that means you go back, rewind the show, press play, get your notes out, listen again. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, you know, at 1350, I want to hear that fart sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll see. we'll see you in two weeks.
your fingertips Salt and vinegar And maybe in the barn if you'd prefer Sick, 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 sick,